Earth Matters. This edition was produced for Radio 3CR in Nam, Melbourne, Wurundjeri country, and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. If you'd like to get in touch with the Earth Matters team, you can email us at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com or visit our Facebook on Earth Matters 3CR Radio. And to listen to or to share editions of Earth Matters, you can find this and all the Earth Matters podcasts at 3cr.org.au forward slash Earth Matters. Look out for more from the Earth Matters team next week. I'm Beck Horridge. And welcome to news from the drug war front. Uh, we are here in the studio. Maz Louise is here joining us as well. Hello. Good Hello. morning, everybody. Good morning. How are you, my darlings? It's bloody freezing out there. It is, baby. Don't be getting out of bed. Don't get your coffee. Get someone else to get it for you. Really. Uh, Welcome to today's uh, News from the Drug War Front, brought to you by Karma, the Canberra Alliance for Harm Minimisation and Advocacy, and The Connection, Canberra's peer-based drug and alcohol service for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. News from the Drug War Front reports on... News from the Drug Warfront reports on news stories that are relevant to illicit drug users from Australia and around the world. Many of the articles featured in the program come from other sources, including the mainstream media. As such, the contents of the News from the Drug Warfront broadcast podcast may not necessarily reflect the views and or policies of, the, of Karma and The Connection. Karma and The Connection focuses on harm reduction messages drug treatment support services, advocacy and community development. We seek to reduce the harms associated with drug use and its criminalisation through the provision of programs that foster community development and the delivery of person-centred holistic healthcare. Karma exists to promote the health and human rights of people who use drugs and people who use drug treatment services. Uh, Maz is, while Maz is finding her glasses, glasses, it's all right. <laughs> Karma and the Connection provide a wide range of services such as advocacy, peer treatment support, education, art therapy, support groups, mentoring and referrals. Oh. Above all, Karma and the Connection are harm reduction services. Aha, uh-huh. yes, so they are. God, that was wonderful, wasn't it? Losing my glasses, I won't do that again. Um, harm reduction services, there we go. Karma and the Connection are located in the Bill Conlon Churches Centre, as most listeners will know. Shop 17, Level 1, Bell Conan, 54 Benjamin Way. And the phone number is 62533643. Or you can get in touch with Karma by emailing or with the connections at info at karma.org.au. Karma can assist people with a wide range of issues, including advice and advocacy around opioid maintenance, treatment, accessing and being paid to treat your hepatitis C in conjunction with Hep ACT and the Reach, Teach, Treat, Thrive program, helping people to overcome, uh, to cope with and overcome the impact, or to manage and overcome the impact and stigma of stigma and discrimination directed towards them as illicit drug users, helping people to access detox, rehab and or other alcohol treatments and oh, alcohol, tobacco and other drug services, treatment services. 
Um, a walk-in health clinic with a doctor and nurse from 10am to 2pm every Wednesday. That's tomorrow in partnership with Directions. No appointments necessary for that. Wednesday in partnership, um, sorry, peer education workshops including opioid overdose maintenance training incorporating take-home naloxone and The Fix, which is a series of one-hour paid workshops and fed, I might add, that uh, aim to educate people particularly First Nations people, in all aspects of harm reduction. Providing assistance and advocacy with people who are experiencing social issues or who have trouble navigating social services, and most people do, uh, particularly if you're looking for housing or if you're having trouble with um, community services and having trouble with your kids, it's very good to have an advocate, and Karma does that. Uh, the Connections Harm Reduction Peer Education Program, Muragadi, is for First Nations clients. The Connection team also offer the same assistance as Karma, but in a culturally appropriate fashion that's tailored specifically for First Nation clients. If you're having problems associated with alcohol, tobacco or drug use, or don't know where to get help, or if you've just got some issues, something you want to ask about, mm. um, or just want to chat to someone who don't want judge you and you don't have to explain to them why you use drugs because we know why you use drugs because it makes you feel better or good if you like but if you just want to talk to someone someone who can empathize with your experience and who won't judge you give karma a call that's six two five three three six four three if we can't help then we'll try and find someone who can just on a side note with the um, uh, clinic tomorrow, there's no uh, Dr. Levy for the next two weeks. The nurse will be present, uh, but the doctor's uh, on a little bit of leave. So um, still pop in, but you just won't have the doctor part. We'll still have service. a nurse management yeah, position, and, really, won't you? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so we do have some upcoming naloxone training sessions. Uh, uh, Tuesday, 28th of June, which is next Tuesday, early morning centre at 2pm, and then Wednesday, the 6th of July, which is the following week, I believe, or yes, yep. at Ainsley Village Boardroom, which was good to get uh, in Ainsley Village. Uh, both of those are paid, obviously, uh, and the training workshop lasts around an hour, bookings are essential, um, and do get in quickly because those uh, positions do fill up. Uh, so 6253-3643 or email info And last week I read you a massive um, article, well I thought it was massive, by Des Manson about his plays at the street theatre called uh, 20 Minutes with the Devil. Mm. And um, of course I said it was on last week and not knowing the date, it's on this week, isn't it? So it starts this Wednesday at the Street Theatre. There are in, there's information on the net about it at, under the streettheatre.org, I think, was the address. But anyway, I gave you the date as being yep. last week, and it is this week, in fact. So five nights it'll be on, or four nights it's on, I think, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and a panel discussion on the Thursday night, which I think will be really interesting. Anybody who knows any history of uh, drug use will know of, De- or particularly harm reduction, will know of Des Manderson and um, the role he's had to play. And his infinite depth, the depth of knowledge that the man has is just phenomenal. Mm. Anyway, I you know exhort you to find out about it and go and have a look at it, see Excuse what he me. has to say. 
so we're going to go to the first song uh, today. Uh, so it's kind of leading into the first story about medicinal weed. So uh, classic Mary Jane uh, by Rick James here on People Powered Radio, 2 FM.
And we are back here at Two Double XFM News from the Drug War Front, um, ninety-eight point three FM. People-powered radio is very important to um, get involved with the program, get involved with the, the the show, get involved with the station. So more details on that is Two um, which leads us into uh, HEP ACT and their new campaign. Oh, well, sorry, it's um, Louise. Might put your mic on. That might yeah. help. <laughs> Make all the difference. So yeah. it's um, yeah. So it's it's your right campaign. That's it's it. A, a yes. national campaign that's been um, rolled out across Australia, and it's just rolled out in the last week into the ACT. So I think people might have seen all the um, advertising on buses, buses and yes. behind toilet mm. doors. Oh, and look, I got a bag and, yeah. a, and a hat and t-shirt, tourniquets, and, and yeah, that yeah. work. Yeah, so that release. I think they were called show bags. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so it's about educating um, our community around it's your right to be have you know be tested for hepatitis yeah. C to be hepatitis three. Yeah, yeah exactly, um, and it rolls in with our program that we have with um, hepatitis ACT, which is called Reach, Teach, Treat, Thrive. Mm-hmm. So that happens every. Thursday at Hep ACT. If you come yep. along and you, what's the address of that? Just quickly, Hep ACT. Excellent, David Street. David Street. Connor, that's yeah. a dreadfully yeah. yeah. awful so thing from, to say yeah. when people don't know. Yeah, right? yeah. I, well, I, right. Sorry, I shouldn't have put it there. You're expecting it. Just, just say across, across the road from, from the O'Connor, O'Connor shops. shops. Yeah. Yeah. And next door to you had me. Then I was like, yeah. well, I was actually struggling to remember. So I putting good. somebody else on the spot. So yeah, of opposite um, O'Connor shops. There, you come to Hep ACT on a Thursday. And if you get um, your blood taken uh, for hepatitis C, then you receive a $40 payment. And that incentive continues if you are positive. If you test positive, then we pop you on the medication. We pay for the medication. We also give you $40 when you start the medication. We do a series of three workshops, which you get paid for. So it's all incentivized. Um, And then at the end, you have to wait 12 weeks to have the final test and you get paid $60. So all up in... For being hepatitis C free. Yeah. Yeah. And there are no side effects too. That's that's correct. It's a really easy easy treatment now. It's either one tablet for eight weeks once a day or it's three tablets for a smaller period of time three times a day so it's definitely a really good campaign Um, and there's also a new part of it where if you come along and you refer someone to hep ACT if you you, know someone who hasn't been tested for the last six months months. at least yep you get a hundred dollars if you refer them and they turn up correct if you refer them to hep ACT so good value I reckon so get down there and then every you know once a month there's also a barbecue that was last week so yep. it'll be in three weeks' time. So good food, yeah. Good tabouli. Hep Is ACT tabouli? on a Thursday. Clear your Hep C. Yes, excellent. Well, you know, um, and the, what did you know? The opening hours. Of, the, so that Hep- well, probably nine there. till five. Nine till imagine. five. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're nine yeah, till five. Yeah. And you know that the the, um, the blood testing on a Thursday starts at two till. Yep. Um, all confidential. All confidential. Everyone, it's you very don't worry about it. casual down there. There's no judgment. De-identified, it's, all that yeah, good stuff. Come down. All right, awesome. So, well, I mean, we're going to go to uh, just a quick... Um, am I black? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Max, No, I is, am. It's you're, a you're dangerous black. drug alert that comes from New South Wales Health. 
New South Wales Health have reported there have been a number of overdoses that are suspected to be caused by a batch of heroin containing flualprazolam, which sounds like uh, alprazolam is um, Xanax, but flualprazolam sounds like a bullshit version of alprazolam <laughs> to me. A powerful benzodiazepine nonetheless, but you combine benzos with opioids and you, particularly if you don't know about it, mm. It, um, the impact of the benzodiazepine on the opioids exaggerates the yep. opioid effect, yep. so overdose is a real risk. Um, so far, most of the overdoses have been reported in the Hunter or Mid-North Coast area. Now, this is relating to Sydney. They call the Mid-North Coast yep. up around Newcastle, or between yeah, Newcastle are. and Sydney. I call the North Coast Lismore yep. and around that area, but nonetheless. Using op opioids such as heroin, the uh, article says, because this is from New South Wales Health, the 16th of the 6th, by the way, um, at the same time, carries a high risk of overdose, which I said can be exacerbated if the drugs are injected, which, of course, is really quick. And the only thing you can reverse mm. the effect of is the opioids. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, although there are no indications of the dangerous batch of heroin appearing in Canberra so far, mm -hmm. some people have used it probably died, there's always a danger because we're on the black market. It's always a danger that the drugs you buy on the street or from a dealer, may be cut with something more hazardous. Drug users, especially opioid users, should carry naloxone and learn how to provide first aid to someone who has overdosed. Yep. And we have that availability by doing the workshops with Dave, as we've already said, yeah. 6253-643. There's uh, one on the 28th of June at the Early Morning Centre, um, as Bryce said, and one on the 6th of mm, July at Ainsley correct. Village yep. at 1pm. All right, so this takes us into our next story, which is uh, a new, dis uh, new South Wales medicinal weed users want to drive by Jack Gramens uh, from the 16th of uh, June 2022. The same medication that helped Maggie Gentle get her life back is also stopping her from living it. The 26-year-old from rural Kurlua Kul on the New South Wales-Victoria border wants oh, yeah. to find work but the medicinal cannabis she's used for years stops her from driving. It's a problem that's... <laughs> uh, I imagine a, pro a problem for many people. Oh, I I yeah, mm. I still have my driver's licence. However, I've signed a waiver that I can't use my medication and drive, Miss Gentle told the AAP. I'm disadvantaged because of medication that I've been prescribed, she said. Uh, in, a New South Wales inquiry is on Thursday examining a bill that would let people like Miss Gentle get on with their lives while continuing to take their medicine. <clears throat> I'll underline, underline that word, medicine. You yeah. know, The bill introduced by Greens MP Kate Farman, uh, fa Farman? Fa yeah, would provide a, provide a defence against drug driving charges for medicinal cannabis users, similar to existing allowances for people prescribed Valium or Methadone. Medicinal cannabis is far safer than morphine and other opioids on and off the road, but it's only medicinal cannabis patients who test positive who face life-destroying drug-driving charges, uh, she said. 
Uh, drug driving law f- reform advocate David Helpern says legislation needs an update. There was more than double the prescriptions given in 2020. Uh, Miss Gentle was ahead of the trend being prescribed cannabis in 2019 after suggestions from her from several specialist doctors. It came it came at the end of a long road beginning when she was diagnosed with Graves disease. After having her thyroid thyroid. thyroid removed, she spent weeks in hospital due to allergic reactions to the prescribed hormone replacements. Mm. She was eventually able to leave hospital, but the severe nausea caused by the allergy followed her home and did not subside until she found the right medication. The only thing that got her through and has worked wonders for me is cannabis, says Mrs Gentle. And that makes perfect sense Mm. to me, I Mm. might add. I've always advocated that people, particularly those who are on um, radiotherapy or chemotherapy, should use cannabis for their their nausea or drug-related nausea. Yeah. Yeah. It was obvious in my hospital notes because I was going to hospital once every week for IV fluids and antibiotics, and that stopped when I started cannabis. But until I, but until laws change, Mrs. Gentle is being held back from pursuing the career in psychology she has been studying for, unable to drive to complete requirements required placements. She is also forced to rely on family for travel due to the lack of public transport in her rural area. Mm. Mrs. Fayum says her bill is to. Is a chance to solve these problems, those problems, for Mrs. Gentle and others in a similar situation. Medical cannabis patients shouldn't be forced to choose between driving and holding down a job, and the only medicine that, when that's the only medicine that helps them, she says. The government will not be supporting the bill. Medical cannabis is not comparable to other drugs, in part due to the widespread use of availability and non-medical purposes, reads the government submission, one of 105 to the inquiry. There is no reliable way to distinguish or prove whether the source of THC is illicit or prescribed, the government submitted. The bill and its proposed changes to laws around crime and drugs mm. will likely depend on the support from the opposition Labor Party prepare, preparing to con test the election in March. Yep. What a load of oh, crap. crap. <laughs> it's one of the problems that we have with um, with cannabis or cannabinoids being made, you know, illicit or illicit or just being tested for cannabinoids <clears throat> in your system. The fact that you have a positive result in response to a test, for ca- a roadside test, if you like, for mm-hmm. cannabinoids in your system, cannabis stays after one just say you're using it, right, for recreational mm. use yep. or for medicinal use. It doesn't matter. If you have it in once, it'll stay in your system for a week. For a while, right? yeah. yeah. If you have it more than once, like on a daily basis, Correct. it'll stay in your system for a month yep. at least before it is excreted completely because mm. it's stored in your fatty tissue. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're intoxicated. No. No. I... God, when I was first, when I was having morning sickness with my first child, mm. second child, beg your pardon, um, I had a half a joint a day. 
yeah. first yeah. thing in the morning so that I could have something in my stomach, yeah. some coffee and or black coffee and some toast mm. so that I wouldn't feel nauseous. Yeah. And that's pretty common. I've heard that and many it's times. Ex- excellent for morning sickness, yeah. excellent for radiation sickness or for chemotherapy-related sickness. So true. And I just think it's this, this excuse for a piece of legislation, this yeah. drug testing, it's, it's just... An excuse to stop people that the coppers have got it out for. I really am not impressed. It's just with the it. same argument. It's not a. You, you've got to come back to being able to measure impairment. Yeah. Well, yeah. How do you measure impairment? I remember the days that they used to make people walk down a. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, well, they've got the technology. Can you touch your nose yeah. with your? You know. Yeah. Put your finger to your nose. Yeah. yeah How impaired are you? Well. Yeah. You know, some people get drunk on way less than 0.05. Yeah, definitely. Like me, I couldn't have, I couldn't have a whole glass of wine. I mean, this affects me personally because of the, the fact is, I, if I choose to self-medicate, yep. um, through the mental health issues that I have, uh, if I get pulled over and I'm um, subjected to a roadside test, yep. my life, my life. Yep. changes. Absolutely. It's not yep. just that Completely. day, it's my life. Yeah. Um, am I impaired when I drive to work? No. 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 But it's still in my system. That's right. So, you know, yeah, it's crazy. Something's got to change. Yeah. All right. I think we'll go to a song before the news. Um, trust, uh, yeah, well, this ties in. Yeah. Very relevant to what we just talked about. Roll another blunt. Yeah. I was gonna clean my room until I got high. <laughs> I was gonna get up and find the broom, but then I got high. My room is still messed up, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, cause I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. La, da, 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 da. I was gonna go to class before I got high. Come on, y'all. Check it out. Uh, I could have cheated and I could have passed, but I got high. Uh, uh, la, da, da, I'm taking da, da, da. it next semester and I know why. Why, man? Why? Yeah, because hey, I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. Go to the next one. Go to the next one. Go to the next one. Gonna go to court yeah. before I got high. <laughs> uh. I was gonna pay my child support, but then I got high. No, you wasn't. Uh. They took my whole paycheck, and I know why. Why, Because I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. I wasn't gonna run from the cops, but I was high. Uh. I'm serious, man. I was gonna pull right over and stop, but I was high. Uh, <laughs> now I'm a paraplegic, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, because I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. I was gonna make love to you, but then I got high. I'm serious. I was gonna eat your pussy too, but then I got high. Yeah. 
because I got high. I lost my kids and wife because I got high. Say what? Say what? Say what? Say what? Now I'm sleeping on the sidewalk and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, because I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. I'ma stop singing this song because I'm high. This whole thing wrong because I'm high. And if I don't sell one copy, I don't know why. Why, man? Yeah, cause I'm high. Cause I'm high. Cause I'm high. Are you really high, man? He really is high, man. Uh, Afro Man, because I got high, and we are going to go to the news in about a microsecond. So uh, we'll just—I just want to touch on the decrim stuff that we talked about last week. Uh, the story still is on the website, so if you want to have a listen to it, um, there's also the ABC interview that Chris did. Um, so jump on the links uh, at Karma dot org dot au and um you'll be able to catch up on all that stuff that we talked about last week which was very exciting time um not only in the act but you know it's a step in the right direction yeah that's all i can say indeed um and so we are going to go to the news in quick smoke yeah yeah very shortly i'm gonna whip down for a smoke i'm trying to National Radio News. Hello, I'm Laura DeVoy. The opposition leader says the coalition won't be changing its climate policy despite many voters who moved to support other parties in the election, listing it as one of their top priorities. The coalition has been widely criticised for its energy policy and for not having more ambitious emissions reductions targets and plans to reduce fossil fuel sources. But Peter Dutton told Nine Radio there is widespread support for the policy. We took our policy to the election. Millions of Australians voted for us on that basis and that's the position that we'll take forward. Obviously, over time, if you've got uh, new information before you, if you've got a new proposition, well, that can be considered by the party room. The Reserve Bank Board is committed to doing what is necessary to ensure inflation returns to the 2 to 3% target and households should be prepared for further interest rate rises. Governor Philip Lowe says while rising inflation had been driven by global events, increasingly domestic factors in Australia were coming into play. Speaking at a forum in Sydney, Dr Lowe says growth in domestic spending is testing the ability of the economy to meet demand. But as important as these global influences are, they don't provide a full explanation for the higher inflation in Australia. Increasingly, domestic factors are also playing a role. Following the strong recovery in demand from the pandemic, growth in domestic spending is testing the ability of the economy to produce goods and services. Another world sporting body has moved to restrict transgender athletes from competing in international sport. Noah Second reports. International Rugby League has banned transgender athletes from major competitions until further research is completed. In a statement to its member nations, the IRL says it is continuing to work to review and update rules about transgender participation in Women's International Rugby League and will seek to use the upcoming World Cup to help develop a comprehensive inclusion policy. However, until that is completed, transgender women are unable to play in sanctioned women's international matches. 
It comes after swimming's governing body, FINA, effectively banned athletes who transitioned after the age of 12 from competing in elite women's competitions. Youth justice advocates say damage to Western Australia's only youth prison is a clear sign of the stress detainees at the facility are under. The Department of Justice revealed in WA budget estimates yesterday about 100 of the 250 cells in Banksia Hill Detention Centre were too damaged to use. Director General Adam Thomason said there has been a number of issues at Banksia Hill since late last year. Detainees have been damaging beds, toilets and communications equipment within their cells. Advocates are calling for additional support for the detainees, saying current methods are making things worse rather than better. Consumer confidence showed a modest improvement in the past week, buoyed by the latest employment figures, but remained in deep pessimistic territory in the face of rising inflation and interest rates. The ANZ Roy Morgan Consumer Confidence Index rose 1.6% to 81.7, a partial recovery from a big slump a week earlier to its lowest level in more than two years. Last week's labour force figures showed employment jumped by more than 60,000 in May, keeping the unemployment rate at 3.9%. However, household inflation expectations jumped to 5.9% as average petrol prices increased 6.5 cents. National Radio News, produced by Charles Sturt University, the Community Radio Network, and supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation. It's the end of the financial year and June 30th is just around the corner. If you enjoy the sounds of 2XX, Please help us by making a tax-deductible donation. Your contribution will go directly towards keeping local voices and issues on air. You can make your donation through our website at 2XX.org.au. Thank you. 2XX, people-powered, proudly alternative, always independent. And welcome back. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know um, it was uh, a registered charity. Yeah. So that's great. So, yeah, get in touch with Double uh, X. If you don't want to become a volunteer, you can just donate money to, and at the end of the financial year, you money. get it all back. Yeah. All, all because the good it's stuff. a register. Yeah, absolutely. Good money, stuff money, for money. it. And you can actually, you like us, can actually come on the radio once you've earned your stripes. Um, but you have to join, be a member first. And yep. uh, anyway, let's get on to some national stuff, hey? Um, how to deal with festival come down it's a very long article on something that probably people should be thinking about seriously it's really largely about MDMA and if you have a come down I certainly remember in the uh, acid days coming down was a real problem you know having using LSD that it was actually a very long trip it's not something I like thought of in my younger days, but certainly as I progressed through my party no, days, no, we this used to became use it very important. Very yeah. <laughs> used it so well. Yeah. We used it so regularly because we, at that stage, the touring bands, the overseas bands that were touring, were there like <coughs> every two weeks, every you know, mm. two or three weeks. So of course we used to go drive up from Canberra. Drop a trip at Liverpool, and then by the this is the nineteen sixty seventy kids. <laughs> so, um, so I, but I saw the Stones, I saw you know wow. Status Quo, I saw the bands. I saw 
Rod Stewart, they were all young then and not wrinkly. <laughs> um, but and was fabulous. But the point was, we used to get very stoned at in order to enhance the experience. Yeah. So, but yeah. the thing about as it is, if you aren't feeling good in the first place, like any other drug, it will not make you feel better if you're feeling bad. It only makes a good time better, not a bad time good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, the story about this is uh, how to deal with a festival come down. So you've spent all weekend doing MDMA or coke and now you're crashing. Here are some tips to help you cope. This is by IzzyCopeScapeVice.com. Um, festivals are back, baby. This means a large portion of people will be going to absolutely will be going absolutely feral for at least three days this summer, doing weird shit like drinking lukewarm pints at 11:30 a.m. and using a bin as a rain bin bag as a raincoat. For some, festivals are also the perfect place to take MDMA, MDMA, cocaine and other mind-altering substances. Whether it's the constant access to flashing lights or the entire setup feeling like a huge adult playground, recreational drug-taking and musical festivals have always gone hand in hand. But what goes up must come down and down again. Unfortunately, this inevitable trajectory is particularly heinous when the high is fuelled by a diet of cereal bar, chewing gum and uh, zero showering. Oh, that's attractive. (laughs) The Monday following a festival can leave you smelling like an unwashed thong and desperately craving the warmth you never received as a child. This sounds pathetic, really, doesn't it? (laughs) And I want to make the the difference. This is a UK article, so the unwashed Ah. thong is not the thong on your feet. It's It's the the thong 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 that you work... Yeah, that's crawled up your crack. Yeah, Yeah, thankfully there are methods of coping with your come down. Or at least... Yeah, they're called flip-flops over there, aren't they? Uh, I think... Or is that the United States? That's the United States. States. But I think they'd be basically... Yeah, pretty much the same thing. Thankfully there are methods of coping with your come down or at least getting through it. With that in mind, I rang up Guy Jones, a senior scientist at The Loop and technical director at Reagent Tests UK, as well as Julia Guarini, uh, yeah, Guarini, the lead pharmacist at, Medi- pharmacist at Medino to find out how to prepare for the worst Monday ever. Test your drugs. Mm. This is a preliminary, I assume. In order to prep for a come down, it's yeah. important to know what you're taking in the first place. And this is something we can do in yeah. Canberra. Yeah. Yeah. Very um, soon. Yep. Luckily, loads of festivals now had ju- have judgment-free testing tents uh, mm. operated by the loop. And again, this is in um, the United Kingdom. And you can buy testing kits pretty cheaply online. It's interesting because Vice.com, I thought it was Canadian-based station, but nonetheless, probably I think international. Uh, yeah, I think they're a United States-based uh, yeah, I certainly know that they're on. I know that uh, mm. Murdoch's got a five percent interest in it. That always worried me. Anyway, back to the issue. Um, yeah, the so the free testing tents and they're operated by the Loop over there yep. in Canberra. They're operated by the government or by um, yeah, anyway, lo- local pathology and you can buy testing kits pretty cheaply online that's interesting also please don't buy random pills (laughs) off a guy behind the portaloos at 3am 
it'll probably be Panadol. Yeah. Uh, especially if it's 50 bucks. <laughs> and the quote, so many drugs look visually identical to MDMA. We've seen fascinating trends of suppliers making caffeine rock up to look like MDMA rocks. Even drug-taking veterans can't tell them mm. apart, Jones tells Vice. Quote, the worst imposter substances that we come across are called cathinones, often going by the slang bath salts, mm. adds Jones, referring to a group of drugs that include methadrone. These, still quoting, these have a buzz at first which wears off quickly, so the user takes a bit more to get where they want to be and where they wanted to be, be where they were before. Jones says that the effect of cathinone lasts in the body for approximately six hours extra for each dose mm. taken. Quote, so if somebody takes five doses... That's five, six is a 30. Yep, yeah. 30 hours because I've left the clip <laughs> on, haven't I? Okay, so that it uh, will not be able to sleep. That makes for a really miserable come down in all the hours you have to deal with sleep deprivation, you're feeling paranoid and your heart is racing. That's easy to avoid through testing, meaning <laughs> testing it and if it's crap, don't take it. Yeah. More to the point. And that's really what happened in Canberra. People They found that people got their drugs tested. If they weren't what they thought they would, they chucked them in the bin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is why it was really disappointing for that insurer to pull out at the last minute for the recent uh, Grooving the Moon Festival. Not just disappointing. Well, no, dangerous. Yeah, Yeah, dangerous. Let's let's, let's say dangerous. Yeah, life. um, And luckily, everyone got through unscathed. If you are using MDMA, only take it once to avoid come downs despite the fact that some studies have shown that MDMA does not in, in fact cause come downs, it still has a reputation for making you feel like a sad sack of shit the following few days. The reasons for this are debated, however. It is, is it the serotonin depletion or simply because you have been dancing for 24 hours straight? Yeah. Either way, it can leave many feeling low and like crying at ran- and and feel like crying at random and inappropriate moments. And I have to admit to having a few of those moments. I was after just thinking the same thing. Post festivals, <laughs> um, what <laughs> and the dancing. Yeah. While you think uh, it's a good idea, while you might think it's a good idea to just take another pinger and get over it, this is in fact not a good idea. Chasing the euphoric buzz for the first night not only won't work, but will also make your come down worse. The thing with MDMA is that after it's been consumed once, you've already depleted your serotonin. Your system's messed with. <clears throat> so taking MDMA on a second or third night is going to have a, massive, have a massively diminished effect, Jones tells Vice. Adding, even if you look the same, and, uh, even if you took the same amount, sorry, the impact come down wise is going to be exponentially much worse. So, supplements can help, but there's no silver come-down bullet. Unfortunately, there's no special pill which can make you feel normal again, but there are a few anecdotally... uh, But there are anecdotally some things you can do to ease things. When I spoke to festival goers, a few swore that 5-HTP, a supplement that boosts serotonin levels, has been known to soften the edges of particular bad come-down. Others name-checked magnesium, and mineral has been known to help stabilise your moods. I mean, yeah, it sounds like you know, a good idea in theory. 
As a pharmacist, Gurini is often asked about remedies for nasty comedowns. She says that certain supplements won't hurt, although they need to be taken safely. 5-HTP can help tackle any low moods you might be experience due to, experiencing due to a comedown by boosting your serotonin levels. However, 5-HTP should not be taken 24 hours before or after MDMA. <laughs> Defeats <laughs> so, the purpose uh, yeah. of taking it to, to reduce uh, the effects of a come down. Yeah, I mean you're going to have to do some major planning there. Um, mm. If you're out at a club at you know three o'clock in the morning and someone hands you a pill, you well no, I've I'm sorry, I've taken a serotonin pill. I can't. Um, uh, which okay, as it can cause serotonin syndrome, a build-up of too much serotonin, which can range from mild symptoms such as shivering or diarrhea to severe symptoms such as seizures or muscle rigidity get some sleep whether it's because somebody thought playing the jamie xx remix of on hold for the sixth time at 5 a.m was a good idea and never been done before or you're simply consumed enough stimulants to prevent you from physically closing your eyes you're probably exhausted (laughs) yeah yeah jones Jones stresses the importance of sleep on any come down, which makes sense, seeing as sleep is when our brain heals itself and essentially gets rid of any toxic waste. Sleep not only allows your body to recharge from passing out on a lumpy yoga mat for three nights, <laughs> but it can also help you return to health and, and stave off diseases. Jones says that sleep is particularly important after taking cocaine and mixing it with alcohol. Mm. Cocaine and alcohol interfere with the breakdown of the other in the body, extending the duration and maximising the toxicity. Toxicity. (laughs) I never can say that word. Of each drug, he explains. Cocaine makes you feel more alert and less drunk, while Mm. alcohol reduces the anxiety related to taking too much cocaine. This can lead to impulsively taking far more and messing with your dopamine dopamine levels. Yeah, well, dopamine, you dopamine, were quite right. However, if you manage to eventually get that good night's sleep, your dopamine levels will begin to be the way... Way less out of whack. That's yeah, the one. Just the way yeah. it's yeah. written. Yeah. Um, eat something nutritious. You can tell yourself the reason you only had four Mars bars and a packet of Mentos <laughs> to last yeah. to last all weekend is because you are too financially responsible to spend fifteen dollars on a chewy burger. But that fifty-five baggie tucked under your phone case says differently. Mm-hmm. Stimulants like MDMA and cocaine kill your appetite sometimes for days at a time when you're actually feel like you can stomach some food, Jones recommends choosing something that actually might help you feel better. Generally, eating healthier and making sure your body has the nutrients it needs in, it needs is valuable when your body is having a stressful time. Very, yep. This doesn't mean giving it loads of calories in the form of chips and sweets, but actually a varied, balanced diet. <laughs> this, is, this sounds like crap, this article. <laughs> Go get some pho or something. What about a kebab? <laughs> don't, don't give in to your desire to order a plate of greasy beige items. It will only make you feel worse. <laughs> no mention of kebab in it. <laughs> no, no mention uh, of a kebab. Remember, there's a reason you feel this awful. 
Okay. Yeah, you might be tripped out so hard that you thought everything from the festival stalls was free, which, <laughs> legally speaking, just doesn't excuse shoplifting four pairs of handmade earrings from the sustainable jewellery stand, but it does offer an explanation for why you're sobbing about it. If you're experiencing a very high, uh, intense and emotional crash, it's likely to be because you've taken a drug that is highly stimulating, says Guarini. These uh, neurotransmitters, she goes on to say, are naturally released by your brain in smaller quantities, but normally they're reabsorbed. Recreational drugs prevent this reabsorption in order to overstimulate the serotonin and dopamine receptors. But when the effect wears off, you essentially run out of your natural supplies. In other words, you're not just randomly miserable because you're an awful person and life is now hideous and grey. Your brain temp chemistry is simply making you feel that way. And the good thing is it won't last forever. It's probably something you need to remember and write on your arm before Mm. you go to the concert or before you take your pill. This won't last forever. The impact of most come-downs diminish within two to three days, but everyone, everyone's body processes the withdrawal differently, so this can differ from person to person. Either way, just remember, it'll be over soon. And if you still need some advice on how to manage a come-down, here's some anonymous and anecdotal advice I collected while researching this article. <laughs> Enjoy. Okay, now these are quotes, and I really don't back these up. The, the Coke from Burger King, just to feel okay, something. That, that would be Hungry Jack here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, we have Burger King no, here, I think. Oh, yeah. at airports, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, dogs. Dogs don't judge you. Yeah, so good. And in fact, true. dogs are very good at giving you cuddles. Yeah. Stay in bed all day, watch Netflix, and go to deliver, get a Deliveroo at approximately 4.30 p.m., have a shower and go for a short work walk with another like hungover friend. I like friend. those ones. Yeah. yeah, getting out in the sunshine is a good one. I look, not only that, but uh, contacting somebody yeah. is a really good idea, especially somebody who's gone to the same yeah. process as you have. Pub or indeed another festival. Book another festival. <laughs> uh, watch Dave at Glastonbury. Glastonbury, bring up, bring the kid up and sing Thiago Silva, instant serotonin. No idea what that is. Never, no idea. Thiago Silva sounds something Spanish and it sounds like it's probably emotional. So who's David Glastonbury? Must be one of the promo promoters. Soup with loads of salt until I die. Someone else, there are a couple of others. My come down cure is toast. Just gorgeous. It was so painful to eat, but the toast changed it for me, man. There was a BBC documentary on the background, in on in the background about fishing. I vividly remember that, and me being fed toast. Toast will turn things around for you. If you're being fed toast, darling, that sounds like somebody's looking after you, doesn't it? And that might turn things around for you too. Yeah. My come down advice, this is the last one I might add, well, the last one in the in the article, would probably be that if you can't hack it, stay away from drugs. Look, I might well leave this one out. Straight up, sober raving is something I've been doing for the past year, not this little 
stuck, I might add. And honestly, it's so much better than narc at an event. If you do take them as soon as you are sober, go for a run, get home, have a sit-down shower, find a doctor cuddle, put on a rom, put a rom-com on, and spend the rest of your miserable day flicking through Hinge. I used to go and tell my mother what the meaning of life was all about, frankly. <laughs> Inevitably, during my come-down period, that was when I started thinking, started philosophizing, yeah? yeah? And thinking that every I'd found the truth yeah. to the meaning of life. Yeah, yeah. I, I, many good cup of teas and conversations with my mum on the way home from festivals. Yeah. She had no idea that I was... Coming down, but yeah, you know, like, no, my mother didn't either. So she used to go, Did you do? That's nice. So, so spiritual and deep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I trust. Yeah, yeah. Trust is the point. Yeah, it's all about trust. <laughs> that was my <laughs> saying. Uh, we're going to go to a track now. Um, I found oh, this is um, one I've been hearing a lot recently, and I actually heard that. Kate Bush actually earns £250,000 a week from this next song because she produced it, wrote it. Yeah. Yeah, I know she's I mean, she, just amazing. She, yeah. Um, artist, she's very good. And, you know, it's amazing the number of people that put That's, her down because she was a woman uh, and she was in a male's music. It was f- always a male to have the foresight to do that and still be raking in all this money, yeah. I mean, it's just amazing. And your product. Yeah, uh, and I love this song as well. Yeah. This is Running Up a Bush, uh, Running Up a Hill. Running Up Not a Not Running Up a Bush. Yeah, good heavens. <laughs>
And we're back. Uh, thanks, Kate. Uh, running up the hill there, Kate Bush. Uh, put everyone's mic on. So uh, we're going to move to a story. Uh, high doses of CBD oil won't impair your driving ability, Australian study finds. This is by John Buckley from vice.com. Um, we are going back to last month here, 31st of the 5th. Uh, but it sounds like it needs to be said well, again and again in, and again, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? It does tie into the other parts yeah. of today's uh, stories. Australian researchers have found that even the highest doses of CBD, otherwise known as, well, it's actually cannabidol, known as CBD, (laughs) have no impact on a person's cognitive ability while driving. Duh. The findings arrive uh, as part of a study conducted by researchers at the University of Sydney, which found that those who have taken... Uh, 1,500 milligrams of CBD, the highest daily medicinal dose of the cannabis component uh, of the cannabis component commonly prescribed, were otherwise able to drive as usual, drawing a consensus with similar studies undertaken around the world. Through those CBDs, generally considered non-intoxicating, its effects on safety-sensitive tasks are still being established, says lead author Dr. Danielle McCartney. Can I just tell you yeah. what, why we have this in the first place? Mm. Is because for 15 bloody years, the um, alcohol, the ADF, no, FDA, yep. Food and Drug Administration, in the United States did nothing but research the effects of cannabis, or, sorry, marijuana, I think, and I think it was cannabis sativa. Yeah. And all they reported on was the negative aspect. Yeah. So this yeah. is the product of 15 years of research propaganda mm. where they released nothing but bullshit yeah. Yeah. results. Nothing in the way sort of, of medicine. Sort starting in the negative. Nothing with, yeah. yeah. The whole thing was so political. That's why I thought this, yeah, 20 minutes with the devil is such an important thing to go and see. The political, uh, the philosophical and the, you know, the racist component of anti-drugs legislation has been so long-standing, 60 years of propaganda. Anyway, go on. I'm sorry, Bryce, to have interrupted. It just drives me crazy that we have to tell this to people again and again. Again, this study is um, what it's going to achieve, I'm not sure. Um, well, our study is to first confirm that when consumed on its own, there you go, CBD is driver safe. We know it's yeah. safe. Unlike THC, the cannabis component that can induce sedation and the euphoria are high uh, and impairment, CBD does not appear to intoxicate people. Instead, it's been reported to have, a calming, to have calming and pain relief effects. As part of the study, researchers had 17 participants undergo simulated driving tasks uh, uh, after taking either a placebo or 1,500 or 1,500 milligrams of CBD oil. 15,000? Uh, oh, no, 15, uh, 15, 15, yeah. 15 or 300 or, or 1,500. 1500. Yeah. Okay, sorry, I uh, misread that. That's okay. The three most commonly consumed dosages prescribed by doctors. So those are, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. According to the study, participants were first asked to maintain a safe distance between themselves and the vehicle ahead of them and then drive along a simulated highway and rural roads between 70, uh, 45 and 75 minutes after taking whichever treatment they were assigned. 
The participants were then asked to do the drive again about four hours later to ensure that the range of plasma concentrations present at different times were fully covered. Each participant repeated this process under the influence of each of the four treatments, including the placebo and varying CBD dosages. Whether or not the participants had in fact suffered some sort of cognitive impairment was then determined by how much drivers weaved or drifted, a reportedly standardised measure of driving ability, along with their overall cognitive function and the CBD concentrations in their plasma. The results found that none of the dosages tested induced feelings of intoxication among the participants and didn't appear to impair their driving ability mm. or their cognitive performance. Quote, we do, however, caution that this study looked at CBD in isolation only and those drivers taking CBD with other medications should do so with care, Dr McCartney said. Australia is one of many jurisdictions around the world where it's perfectly legal to drive while using CBD, depending upon which state you're in <laughs> yeah. Yeah. or territory, as long as the drug is prescribed legally. Boom. In the state of New South Wales, for instance, it's legal so long as the drug driver doesn't suffer impairment mm. as a result of fatigue or low blood pressure after using the substance. This most recent University of Sydney study joins a throng of others from, like it from around the world. In 2020, researchers at the Netherlands Maastricht University came to similar conclusions. They conducted a similar study with 26 healthy participants who underwent driving tests after inhaling four types of vaporised cannabis containing various mixes of CBD and tetrahydrocannabinol, or THC. That study was one of the first of its kind to probe the impacts of CBD use on driving ability and offered promise to academics and policymakers around the world. As medicinal cannabis products began to build mainstream popularity... Mm. So, as you, again, the Dutch got there first and produced their conclusion. 2020 is a long way down the track when you think about it, though, yeah. <laughs> given that they've actually had, um, although they've had laws against cannabis, they've had their you know, coffee shops around and about since, what, the early late 60s, early 70s, yeah. when you've been able to buy it. But assuming, I guess... That most people who were using cannabis um, or marijuana or whatever, um, whatever variation of THC, yeah. were not driving. They may well have uh, just used the the uh, alcohol test. Yeah, or one of the various I mean, alcohol uh, tests. It's, it's, it it just goes back like my mum would be caught up in this kind of stuff because she uses CBD. It's not prescribed. Yeah. Um, it's low dose. Yeah. But it, she's certainly not impaired. But she uses CBD oil, so yeah. that's the... Yeah, she's not impaired, though, but if yeah. they, you know, but like... So that's particular. That's created without the, the intoxicating... Uh, that's what I'm, I'm yeah, saying. Like, yeah. like, she shouldn't even be caught up in all this, like... No. 
this nonsense. Like if you, it's an honestly, excuse. If you're too stoned, you're not, you're not getting in a car. <laughs> I'm just saying. If just you're legless, yeah. Look, if you're legless, yeah. the sensible thing to do is not drive. That's yeah? that's that's the key. The problem is if you are the only person who is not intoxicated yeah. in a car. If everybody else has been drinking, you've been using CBD oil. Yeah. It makes sense that you're the one that should drive exactly. because yeah. you're not impaired. And shouldn't be. Right, yeah. but being tested in a roadside test because, and this is the problem, that it becomes an ageist approach, yeah? Yeah. yeah? If you're young and you're with a group of people who look like they're having a good time, you're just as likely to be pulled over by the coppers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And, and I just think that is that has made, that's been the way of the world for God knows how long and I'm really pissed off about it because of, I don't care if people have used marijuana or have smoked yep. marijuana and go to a party, they are less likely to make a ruckus, you know, to raise Run a ruckus or them, make yeah. a riot yeah. than anybody yeah. who's been drinking alcohol. Yeah. I'd much rather have those as guests at a pl- my place less than somebody who's been drinking. To probably yeah. get in a car too because they've melted into the couch. Indeed, <laughs> that's right. Or, and have the pizza or on Or they're too scared them. to go out. Yeah. yeah. They're paranoid. <laughs> I yeah, mean, as I yeah. say, drugs I'm do not driving, that. I'm though. Not driving. The bottom line with drugs is they enhance the way you feel. Yeah. They yeah. don't make a good, a bad time good. They only make a good time better. better. And again, it's those people that are doing it for medicinal purpose that uh, that are, you know, yep. getting caught up in all this. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, everyone that does. But what I'd be like, interested to know, though, if the THC version <coughs> of tetra, you know. Cannabidiol is the same, has the same impact as the CBD oil. Yeah, yeah. In ter- not in terms of intoxication, but mm-hmm. in terms of um, relaxing symptoms, like yeah. getting rid of uh, seizures, for instance, yeah, yeah. and reducing the impact of uh, glaucoma. Yeah. Because yeah. there are a range of illnesses for which, you know, CBD oil is used Definitely, and is re- yeah. and yeah. it's really useful for. And I'd but I'd like to know whether the intoxicating kind is as good, yeah, as the CBD oil yeah. is. Mm. Um, and I can't help feeling that it probably is. Yeah. But God forbid that we should have a nice time. Yeah, yeah. it's always been a, because that becomes drug seeking behaviour. Yeah? yeah, yeah. That yeah. we go back to that old thing. That way of thinking. Oh, uh, yep. You yeah. don't really. You're not really sick. You're just drug seeking. If you could. Probably, don't use. Don't ask for opiates because you, could, you, you just yeah. want to feel good. Yeah. I mean, if you could crack your drugs out of a can and purchase it from the bar. Oh, and it uh, was taxed uh, at the rate, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You'd be fine. Yeah, all right. So we're going to go to another song. Um, uh, wake me up when September ends. <laughs> when it's over. Yeah. <laughs> Green day. <laughs> Eventually. Yeah. Summer has come and passed The innocent can never last Wake me up when September ends Like my father's come to pass Seven years has gone so Here 
Uh, we're back here on the News from the Drug Warfront show. Uh, it is 
international story. Over to you, Louise. Yeah. Growing cannabis, it's officially legal in Thailand by Koh on the 9th of June 2022. This is from vice.com. Joyous scenes were seen were seen at weed cafes and shops in Bangkok today as growing cannabis was officially legalized, making Thailand's transformation into the region's most progressive country on the drug as the government attempts to spark a green rush and capitalize on the industry. People in Thailand are now free to grow unlimited amounts of cannabis as a law ratified in February came into effect on June 9. The plant has officially been removed from the country's narcotics list. Although smoking weed in public is still an offence. That doesn't sound right, does it? Why would you think that they would let them grow as much cannabis as they wanted to, but you're not allowed to smoke it? But you're not allowed to smoke it, I know, right? (laughs) That Um, just sounds wrong. Yeah. Sounds like a contradiction in terms, (laughs) nonetheless. Sorry, go on. That's all right. Um, So Highland Cafe, which previously sold cannabis-themed merchandise and food items, began selling cannabis flowers at their shop for the first time today. Even before opening, customers were waiting outside the store to get their hands on some of the country's first legal purchasable buds. As dozens of reporters stood on and stood on standby at the crowded cafe in Bangkok, cheers erupted as the first customers received a bag of cannabis buds. Outside, more were standing in the in a neat line, potentially waiting for their turn. Mm, patiently waiting. How <laughs> nice. So they didn't write. I'm very excited because before this, weed use in Thailand wasn't legal. We just hid from the police, but now we're free. Thanawat Wompromek. Wow. wow. <laughs> Thai names are a monster that to try monster. and read. Traditionally have been. A customer who emerged from the shop with three different strains of weed told Vice World News. While younger patrons basked in the novelty of shopping for legal cannabis, the day was momentous and emotional one for a long time. Cannabis activists who have been pushing for legalisation for decades. We have been waiting for 43 years since 1979, Chai Wat one of the owners of uh, Highland Cafe, told Vice World News. It was that year that Thailand enacted the Narcotics Act, which outlawed cannabis and its derivatives. Now weed is legally, is legal. Weed is finally legal. We never thought we'd come so far like this, said Chai Wat, his eyes filling with tears. I don't blame him at all. Cannabis used for medicinal purposes was first legalised in Thailand in 2019. Since then, parts of the plant have been gradually removed from the country's narcotics list. Before a regulation was issued in February stating all parts of the plant would be legalised come June the 9th. Last month, the Thai government even committed to handing out one million free cannabis plants to citizens, which is interesting, and Mm. I wonder what sort of strain they'd be handing out too (laughs) because there are so many different kinds and they... I didn't even know they had cannabis cafes in Thailand or in Bangkok. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I was quite surprised. Did you know that, Bryce? No. No. 
No idea whatsoever. So maybe it's one of our listeners who, uh, I don't know, probably one of them will know or somebody who, maybe someone who doesn't even listen would know that they had cannabis cafes. It seems silly that um, they've had them over, above ground for so long and yet we've known it, nothing about it. Yeah, it's bizarre. Why don't we hear news like that? I mean, why does it take Vice News yeah. hmm. for us to find out? So why, where is our mainstream yeah. media well, that's right. in this issue? ABC covered well, it. Well, ABC yeah. is one of them too, but they covered it, did you say? I believe so. Uh, yeah, no, no, they covered it recently. No, yeah. I get that, but... You know, it's such a none of the other mainstream media, mainstream. like the Murdoch media. I yeah. suppose that's a bit overrated, though, isn't it? Like saying, you know, why? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, shouldn't say slanderous or libelous things about people. Okay, we're going to just go to a quick track. Um, well, it ties in from this hits from the bong. Uh, this has got a bit of explicit language in it, so keep the kiddies away. Cypress Hill, Black Sunday album. Um, very themey there um, with the cannabis. Yes. 
Yeah, we go the yeah, good whack of that. And look, some of the stuff in this today was really very relevant to what's happening right at the moment. And yeah. I think it's important that we acknowledge that. Yeah. Can I just say a quick shout out to Jeffrey? <laughs> Hello, darling, we're looking forward to you coming back. Please look after yourself for crying out loud. It's freezing cold down there though, so don't feel <laughs> don't feel like you're gonna be happy when you get back here just because you're back in Canberra. Yeah. I know you hate the summer but you're not gonna like this. No, bit. it is cold. It is yep. cold. Um uh, yeah, so it's twelve degrees though and, and it's gonna I reckon feels one like or two something mils, else though. Probably yeah so Yeah. Not take, much just drizzle. Take the brollies. Yeah. Just drizzle but I reckon It'll be freezing. It'll so, be feeling worse. Yes, so we've covered a lot in the show today. Don't forget, if you want or have missed the sh- show, you won't actually hear me saying this, but, yeah. Um, so jump on the website and uh, you go to the News from the Drug Warfront uh, section of the website and you can listen to the podcast yep. <clears throat> that's up there on a Tuesday afternoon, mid-Tuesday afternoon. Um, so, yep. Thank you for everyone. Thanks, Thank Louise, you. for coming in. Yeah, thanks, bye bye. Yeah, time. thanks a lot, Louise. No, nice to hear from you. Thank you, Bryce, for being here. Your very presence lifts my day. So Thank you, listeners. And we'll look after. We'll see you next week. I mean, yes. we'll talk to you next week. Yes. Yeah. Uh, just remember. Um, Keep safe. Know your right campaign. Yes. Uh, so contact Louise at uh, That's Karma. really important. Yeah. Don't forget that. Know your rights because and the money that's yeah. available for you to help you get through winter. And get your liver back into living yeah. condition. Yes. Exactly. Very so important. stay healthy, stay well, look after each other, and we'll talk to you next week. This is Golden Brown by Stranglers. It is. Stranglers, yes. Yes, this Sun lays me down with my mind. She runs throughout the night. No need to fight, never a frown with golden brown. Every time, just like the last on the ship, tied to the mast, two distant lands takes both my hands, never a frown. Never a friend.